It's July 5th. We're reading through the Bible. We are in Job chapters 31 and 32. This is Job's final statement here, his final speech, and basically says, this isn't fair, and I've done a good job. I've done well. I'm morally upright, and all of those things are true, at least as it relates to his uh, moral purity before God in a relative sense, and yet he has made his final pleas. Matter of fact, the end of this chapter, you'll see that statement, the words of Job are ended. So we're done with Job's defense of himself, and then enter in chapter 32, uh, this fourth person who comes alongside these three friends and basically stands in opposition to them, Elihu, and he uh, is going to rebuke them. But before we get to all of that, which is in tomorrow's reading, we get the introduction today saying, I didn't speak because I thought you guys could have the answers. You're older, I'm younger, but uh, here I go and I'm going to respond. I can't hold it back any longer. And he's going to speak and he's going to provide a, a bit of a different perspective than what we've had and basically says, Job's wrong, the three friends are wrong, and Elihu speaks and speaks without a, um, without a correction from the Lord at the end of the book. Doesn't mean that everything he says is right, as we'll see, but it does certainly uh, put him in a different category than Job's three friends or even Job, because both of them get rebuked, even though Job gets defended in the very end by God. So we'll see all that unfold as we start our reading in chapter 33 tomorrow. Our New Testament reading is in Acts chapter 13, uh, the first half of that, verses uh, 1 through 23. And it gets a little confusing because it starts in Antioch and ends in Antioch, but they're two different Antiochs. So just remember that. We start with Antioch of Syria, a couple hundred miles up the Mediterranean coast and uh, past Phoenicia, as we said yesterday, all the way up there uh, to where the church is gravitating because of the persecution and the scattering of Christians from Israel. And at Antioch, where they're called Christians, as you remember, they're first called Christians there, uh, they send out Paul and Barnabas. Before that, it'd be good, I suppose, to just mention when it talks about prophets and teachers. Remember, a prophet isn't one that just tells the future. A prophet is one who speaks for God and becomes a mouthpiece of God's information. And they're needing New Testament truths to be taught to them, and they don't have a New Testament that's been codified and written down in black and white. So we have the need for these prophets in the early church because we don't have a written text of Scripture, and they taught the truth of God about the New Testament regarding Christ and his fulfillment of who he is in connection with the Old Testament and what the church ought to be, and all of that was provided in Antioch. So Paul and Barnabas get set apart for their journey, and they start their journey. They go to that huge island of Cyprus out there in the Mediterranean Sea, and they encounter this magician called Bar-Jesus and um, rebuke him, and they head all the way out to a whole different um, Antioch, uh, Antioch Pisidia, and that is uh, in the arena of Galatia, in the region of Galatia, which is not a city, it's a region in modern-day Turkey. And so they've covered a lot of ground here, but this is what we call the first missionary journey of Paul. And Paul and Barnabas take this route in chapters 13 and 14, and we get the first part of it here in the beginning of our reading in the first half of Acts chapter 13. So that's what we deal with today. And we'll get more, of course, as we read through Acts 13 and 14 about this first journey, and then the Jerusalem Council in chapter 15, which is very pivotal and important. Our community imperative, as we continue through Romans chapter 12, is found in verse 21. Romans chapter 12, verse 21, which says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And I think that that contrasted phrase at the end should be just our lifted verbiage of our community imperative today, and let's call it that. Overcome evil with good. Jot that down and make that your commitment today. I'm going to seek, even when there's bad done against me, 
to overcome that with good. And the context, there's a lot of intervening information between the last community imperative from yesterday and today's, but so much of what we've covered in the one another's and uh, talking about vengeance and God being the one who repays. And while this can certainly apply and probably primarily applies to those outside of the church, and I don't mean the application of it, but the object of those who are committing evil against the church, uh, certainly it is applicable within the community of believers. And so that has been our focus. And I want to think in those terms. If someone does wrong to you, of course, we said as far as so far as it depends on you, try and find peace in the body of Christ. But I want to think about those evil acts um, that are done, maybe not evil is as a you know, such a weighty word, but maybe you've been offended, maybe you've been sinned against. I want you to try to affirm your love for those people and overcome that with good. Some things are worth just overlooking, as the Bible says, is the glory of a person to overlook an offense. Love covers a multitude of sins, and maybe that's just a good approach uh, to whatever it is that you feel like has happened to you that you think has been... Um, something that shouldn't have happened to you in the body of Christ. And so let's repair those relationships. Let's overcome evil or sin or slighting or offense or criticism or whatever it might be that you feel like is wrong or egregious. Let's overcome that with good. And of course, I'm not talking about, you know, someone murders your spouse, you know, that you're just going to overlook it. But I'm talking about uh, the idea of the kinds of things we encounter in the body of Christ that we need to um, just respond to with a positive affirmation of love and concern and acceptance and the kind of thing that we know repairs so many issues that uh, could become festering problems in the body of Christ, but they can be overcome as we purpose to do good to one another. So tomorrow we'll be back with more reading through the Bible.